Anybody got a past? Anybody got some stuff in your past that you may not be very proud of? Me and a friend of mine were having a conversation the other day and we were thanking God that when we were in high school, social media and video phones were not a thing. Because we were able to do some stuff that maybe we'll never see the light of day. And I'm also reminded that I was probably in youth ministry for about five or six years. I was, I'd been out of high school for a little while, and all of a sudden I got a Facebook message from a friend of mine in high school. And excited to catch up with him, I opened the message, and imagine my shock when his, or the conversation went something like this. So I see you're a minister. I'm a youth pastor. Yeah, I serve it. And I told him where I was serving. And he, his response caught me off guard because it said, I would never go to the church that you serve. Oh, okay. Well, can I ask why? And his exact response was, because I knew you in high school. And I know who you were. I knew you in high school, and I know who you were. To which the only response I could give was, yes, there are moments in my life that I've done things that I am not proud of, but I thank God for God's grace that I don't have to be who I was anymore. God bless you. Now granted, that was snarky if I'm honest, but... I'm reminded of a quote that I came across by Oscar Wilde that reminds us of this very idea where he says that every saint has a past and every sinner a future. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And today we're going to hear a story of someone that has a past. But God says, you don't have to become who you've been. Jacob is known by many as the one that stole his brother's birthright. He didn't just steal his brother's birthright. He actually manipulated his blind father into believing that he was his brother so that he would give it to him. And needless to say, his brother Esau got a little upset got a little frustrated. How dare you take my inheritance? How, how dare you take what was mine? So much so that he was ready to kill his brother. And so, as many of us have a tendency to do, Jacob ran from his past. He, tried, he said, I'll just keep running and nobody will ever figure it out. He started trying to create a new life with family and with friends. And then, all of a sudden, as Jacob is fleeing from his past, we hear these words from Genesis chapter 32, beginning in verse 32. It says, That night Jacob got up, he took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his eleven sons, and he crossed the, fo the ford of the Jabbok River. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions so that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
Now when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of his hip so that Jacob's hip was wrenched as he wrestled the man. And then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jacob, running from his past, not wanting to be defined by what he has done, finds himself at the end of his rope, And not only that, but both figuratively and literally, he's all alone and in the darkness. I don't know about y'all, but I have this problem that the second the lights go off in my bedroom and my head hits my pillow, my brain clicks on. And I start thinking about stuff and God's like, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, remember that? Well, remember this? And my brain doesn't shut down when I go to bed. That may just be a me thing. But as I think about that mentality, I start to think about Jacob because I love the fact that there's not really a transition here. He just says, there he finds himself alone and in the dark. And all of a sudden, we hear about a wrestling match. No smooth transition, just he's alone and all of a sudden there's a guy wrestling with him. Now you could argue, who is this person that is wrestling with him? Is it himself? Is it an angel? Is it God? It doesn't really make it clear, per se. But what we hear is that Jacob is ready for a fight. Because Jacob had already been wrestling with some stuff. He'd been wrestling with his past. He'd been wrestling with how do we move forward. He had been wrestling with where he found himself. And it all came to this moment when he was alone by himself and he couldn't shake it anymore. And now as much as he was wrestling with God and with his own self, I'm sure that God was wrestling with him a little bit too because we get to the end of the story and we hear what God proclaims over him. But Jacob, as he's wrestling and fighting, finds himself broken. Your scripture may say that his hip was dislocated or whatever terminology it uses. But Jacob was physically broken. He was spiritually broken. He was emotionally broken. But he's willing to fight. He's willing to wrestle. And then comes the question. The question where Jacob has to be honest about his past and who he has been, which is, who are you? The scripture says, what is your name? 
But in Jacob's day, it wasn't, a name wasn't simply something that your parents went, ooh, that sounds pretty together. I like that. Or that was my mama's name, so now that's going to be your name. But a name carried so much more meaning in Jacob's day. And if you look up what Jacob means, and I'm sorry if your name is Jacob, but this is what it actually means. A supplanter, a hypocrite, a deceiver. Now, uh, thankfully, people named Jacob today, I don't think your parents named you that for that reason. But think about this. Jacob, as he goes throughout his life, any time he has to introduce himself, has to wrestle with who he's been. Has to wrestle with what he has done. And his thoughts are, I've run far enough away from this. I've gotten married. I've had kids. I've created this image that I've got it all put together. How often do we do the same? We know that we've got a past. We know what has happened in our past. But instead of looking at it and going, that is what has happened, we find ourselves just trying to run from it and not ever acknowledging it. We, we find ourselves presenting in a way that says, I'm okay, I'm different, everything's all right. If you don't believe me, how many times have you found yourself going to the grocery store, walking around the square, going somewhere, even walking into this sanctuary, knowing what is going on in your life because you got a phone call about a health issue or you've lost your job or hurt has happened. And when somebody looks at you and goes, hey, how are you? Your response is this. I'm fine. It's fine. As a matter of fact, this has so much become our culture that a few years ago I was helping with a vacation Bible school and I was walking past a friend of mine. I said, good morning, how are you? And her response, what I expected at least, was to be, I'm fine, everything's fine. Her response was, life's tough and I'm struggling. Now, because I expected her to just do the cultural thing, my response was, that's nice, and I kept walking. I did pick up the phone later to call them and say, I am so sorry. I just expected you to say everything's fine. And she said, no, I understand. But why do we feel the need to present that everything is fine when we know that it's not? Why can't we be honest? Why do we feel the need to promote such, this, such an image exterior to not let people in? And then what happens is, and I've said this to my wife before, where we then go home, we sit down and we go, man, they just don't have any idea. They don't know what I'm struggling with. And I'll be honest, I've, I've said these exact words to which the response is then, of course they don't. Because you never tell them. You never let them in. I wish they knew the real me. Then, tell, then show them the real you. 
But we spend so much time, especially in a world that is labeled by social media, presenting an image that says we've got it all together and all figured out, that we never do any internal work. We work on the outside in presenting, but we never go, how is it inside? We never deal with our hurt and our shame. We just bury it down deep. And then we're surprised when it comes back up and we lash out. Because as the old phrase says, hurting people hurt people. So here is Jacob dealing with his own issues, dealing with his own past, hurting. And he's forced to come face to face with who he has been. But notice the blessing that is given to Jacob. You may say, oh, well, if I'm asking God to bless me, I need, I need a raise, I need a new house, I need this, I need that. The name, the, what is given to Jacob is nothing more than a new name. A name of Israel. As Jacob says, this is who I've been, this is what I've done in the And all of a sudden he is told, oh, but you are so much more than the past that you have been wrestling with for years. As he he finds himself being honest with himself about what he has done, as he finds himself being honest with God about where he has been, all of a sudden God goes, yes, but you don't have to stay there. See, this is the good news that we hear proclaimed this day, is that God loves you enough that God will meet you amidst your brokenness and shame, your guilt, your hurt, your worry and anxiety. But God also loves you enough that he will not leave you there. Because you know what God is proclaiming over you this day? Your name is Israel. You are not your past, because what does Israel mean? You are a conqueror in, through, and with God. You don't have to be labeled by what you have done, because God desires so much more for us. But we must first be honest. We must first address the elephants in the room, if you will. I'm reminded of a youth retreat that I went on as a college, as a college uh, intern. And we were sitting in a room, and it was me and some college students. And all of a sudden, we started talking about college. And everybody was like, oh, well, college is fun. It's great. It's wonderful. You know, algebra is a little difficult. But other than that, everything's good. And it kind of kept going around the circle, sharing. And all of a sudden, somebody stepped up and said, I'm struggling. I feel lonely, I feel isolated. I'd grown up in this youth group where I felt connection and now here I am out by myself and I don't know what to do with that. I've started coping in ways that I'm not proud of through addiction and relationships. And it was amazing what happened as the honesty was shared. Because what happened was nobody judged As a matter of fact, the people that had gone previously went, can I go again? Because I've got my own issues that I need to address here. 
You see, too often, and it happens sadly in the church as well, we come together and we are not willing to confess that we are broken. Here's what I want to ask you. If we're not broken and wrestling with stuff, then why are we here? We're not perfect. We're all broken in need of God's grace and love and mercy. And if we can't be authentic with each other here, where can we be? I'll be the first to tell you that I've got my own issues. But God speaks over those issues and says, you are not who you have been because I have a calling that is greater because you are Israel. You are a conqueror. John Wesley, when he used to meet with his small groups, would open up with a question. It was always the same question. And it's an intimidating question. He would look at the people in his group, in his small group, and he would say, how is it with your soul? And in light of Jacob having to be honest with himself and with God first, I want you to think about that question. Be honest. How is it with your soul? Amidst all the stuff that's going on in our world and in our churches and in our society, how is it with your soul? Be honest. Because God can handle it. God, God's willing to wrestle with you. And as we're honest and transparent with ourselves we find ourselves being a lot, being set free to be who it is that God is calling us to be. Because as we hear God proclaim, you do not have to be your past. You are called to be a victor in me. You are called to be a member of the body of Christ. And you are called to go forth and proclaim the good news. It is then that, Israel, uh, that Jacob realizes I've been blessed more than I could have ever asked for. Now we, we hear stories of how Jacob goes on and proclaims the good news. And here's the beauty of what happens. Is Jacob, once he is set free, once he has addressed the things of his past, is set free to move forward with God. Too often we hold on to our past and we want to keep moving forward, but we can only go so far when we're still holding on to the past. Sometimes we just have to turn, address it. And move on, even amidst our hurt, even amidst our shame and our guilt. And as we are set free from our past, we are called to share that good news with this world that is walking around wrestling with some of the same things that we're wrestling with here. And to proclaim, guess what? Yeah, you've got a past, but you've also got a future and God desires to shed his love and grace upon you. This is what the church is called to be. Empowered and healed by the Holy Spirit. Sharing this healing power with the world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel his presence. So my challenge for you, for me, is to be honest. Be honest with where we find ourselves. Be honest with ourselves. 
Be honest with God. And then the love and care of Jesus Christ to be honest with one another. Notice I said with the love and care of Jesus Christ, this does not mean going forward and attacking everybody that's ever done you wrong. But there are some wounds that need to be healed. And they can't be healed unless we address them. And as we address them, God speaks his grace over us and says, I have so much more in store for you. Let's move on from where we have been and what you have done and look forward to where I'm calling you now. Israel, victor. Amen. Amen.